0: Welcome to the Speak Your Way to Cash. Podcast: A podcast where we teach speakers how to land paid speaking engagements and corporate contracts. Each week, we deliver high-quality content that teaches you how to level up your speaking business. Be sure to join the Speak Your Way to Cash Facebook group after having your mind blown by this information-filled episode. Now, here's your host, Ashley Kirkwood, lawyer and professional speaker. This is the Speak Your Way to Cash podcast. Hello, hello, hello. My name is Ashley Kirkwood. I'm the founder of Speak Your Way to Cash and Mobile General Counsel. People call me for two reasons. They want to make more money in their business through speaking and consulting and landing corporate contracts or and or they are interested in protecting the money they've made with a strong legal strategy that's developed by my team at Mobile General Counsel. So that is those are the two reasons people call me. So I like to say Let me help you make some money in your business with corporate contracts and then let the law firm I found to protect that money. Now, most of you all know, if you've been following me for a little bit, you know that I am in the midst of planning our sixth Speak Your Way to Cash live event. It's our sixth one. It's going to be the biggest one yet, the best one yet. I'm so excited about it. Many of you have already purchased your tickets. We are going to sell out of that event. We have 250 seats worldwide and that's it. I can't add any more seats and 50 of those seats will be an in-person event because it's a hybrid event this year. So if you get a VIP ticket, you can come in person, hang out with me in person for three days. If you get a virtual ticket, you hang out with me in person, well, live for three days, but it's virtual. So I am in the midst of trying to get this event off the ground and there was a part of me that had a lot of anxiety around getting this event together. So let me know if you've ever been here. Have you ever been at a place, and I'm going to loop this back into speakers and entrepreneurs and people who have a lot to accomplish because, you know, it's Motivation Monday. Have you ever been at a place where you set a big goal? You've set a big goal in your head, and then you immediately get into haste to try to achieve that goal. So then all these thoughts of like, what if this doesn't happen? Or, What if this happens? There was all these issues with the date. If you've ever had situations where you're launching something, you've planned it, you've set a big goal, but there's these thoughts of doubt that come into your head about what if it doesn't work out? Have you ever been there? Anyone ever been there? Set a goal, had a bit of worry or concern about making that goal come to pass. Um, If you've ever been there, this is for you and for speakers who are pitching and pitching and pitching and trying to get corporate clients, trying to sell to them, and you're not getting on sales calls, or when you do, they don't have a budget or they can't immediately say yes, you start to get a little bit of anxiety, right? And so me launching my e-course, absolutely. Okay. So you've been there before. Now I started to get into this, this like spirit of haste. Like everything was like, I got to hurry up and do this. I got to hurry up and do that. I got to hurry up and do that. And what I wasn't doing was like working the plan that i would set. Like I already had, I have a plan for how to do the event, how to market the event, how to make it the best event ever. But I wasn't letting time do its thing. I almost got into, you know, I got into really, Honestly, a spirit of haste. It was like, how do I do this? How do I do that? How do I do this? And I praise God because the Holy Spirit really brought to my remembrance that I've been here before. I've been at a place where it didn't seem like the goal was going to come to pass. It didn't seem like I was qualified to get it done. It didn't seem like I would have the ability or the capability or the strength or the team or the support or the money to pull something off. And yet it still happened. And it's so interesting that when we achieve something in our lives, we go to the next thing and then we immediately forget how we achieved the thing before we got here. Okay. And so I started to remember what I went through as a law student. And even if you're not in law school, the story I'm about to share is really, really relevant. And I I strongly believe that if you take the principles from the story I'm about to share and put it towards any goal that you have, you'll be able to achieve that goal. That's what I firmly believe, right? I firmly believe that. And I'm going to share the story and then I'm going to pull out the principles from the story that I want you to take, put in your back pocket and like push it towards every single goal that you have. Y'all ready? Just drop a ready in the comments if you're ready. Okay. This is going to be good. Okay. I have like, I've been stewing on this, right? I've been stewing on it and I've been thinking about it and I've been trying to see like, what is it that I can personally apply so that I can achieve anything? right? Okay. I'm seeing some readies in the comments. I'm seeing some readies in the comments. Where y'all at? Instagram, where y'all at? Okay. ready. So when I was in college, I, so first of all, I'm gonna go back to high school, right? I was in high school. I did not get good grades. I probably graduated high school with like a 2.7 GPA. Now, what I did do in high school, instead of getting good grades, was I focused on speech and debate. So I have been speaking since I was very young and I did competitive speech and debate in high school. Okay. Stay, stay with me, we gonna take this full circle. And when I did competitive speech and debate in high school, the wonderful thing about it was, although I wasn't achieving academically, I was focusing on my natural gifts, So I was resting on my natural gift and I was putting all this time and energy into that. And I was winning like national championships, traveling all across the world and beating people in speech and debate. Both of them. I was on both teams and I was the captain of the debate team while still doing competitive speech and I did competitive theater. So I was really into performing even in high school. Now, what I thought was, okay, this is what I'm good at, but this isn't necessarily what I'm going to make a living in. And I want to stop right here because there are some of you that are not doing the thing that you're really good at, the thing that you're really, really called to because everyone around you didn't see a way for you to make money with it. Anybody ever been there? Have you ever been like, man, this is what I'm great at, but everyone around me keeps saying I can't make money at this one thing. So they try to put my gift into a cup that makes sense. So, of course, everyone is like, oh, you're great at speaking. You're great at debating. Oh, you should be a lawyer. But they never said you should be a speaker because a lot of people don't understand how to speak your way to cash. So what my family said, what my friends said, what everyone around me said was, okay, you're good at debate. You're good at speaking. You're better than others at it because you're beating them at it. So you should, and I don't mean, I mean beating like competitively. I was winning against them. So you should do this other thing that's tangential to the thing that you're actually gifted to do. Anyone been there? Let's just... There, okay? Because I strongly feel that there are some of you watching this video that have a gift, and the only reason you're not utilizing the gift is because you don't know how to monetize it. But when I read scripture, when I look at people who are extraordinarily talented and also making money doing something, what they do is they lean into what they're naturally good at, right? Like that's just it. So I would just encourage you if there's something that you're naturally good at, And the only reason you're not doing it is because you don't know how to monetize it. But like, this is the thing that, and when I say naturally good, this is what I mean. This is how I define it. If there is something that if you worked at, you could be one of the best in the world at, you need to find a way to monetize it and do that. That's personally what I believe. And because we're in the year 2021, I believe that there is probably someone who's already monetized that gift. And so you should find them and have them teach you how to do it too, okay? So that's number one. So I'm in high school, not getting good grades. I'm in speech and debate, doing great at that. People say, you should be a lawyer. So that's how, for me, it came out like, okay, you should be a lawyer. Cool. I would have loved to be a speaker or an actress or something theatrical or something in the performing arts. But what made sense to everyone around me who was guiding me was, you're a speaker, you're good at speaking, you're good at debate, be a lawyer. Okay, fine. So I went the path to be a lawyer, but I graduated with a 2.7 GPA. Here's the next thing. The college that I got into, so I went to my, I went to see my college counselor. I got to kind of slow walk this and I'm going to look up these stats. Average GPA of UIUC college of business. (laughs) This is so funny to see. Dope. This is going to help. All right. Let's go. So I get into high school, do good in speech and debate, go to see my college counselor. I tell her where I want to apply to college. I'm like, look, I need to apply to Harvard. I need to apply to the University of Illinois College of Business only. That's the only one that's, you know, that I would even consider. Right. I need to apply to Swarthmore, like all these top schools. My counselor literally looked me dead in my eye and was like, you should not apply to any of those schools because you're not going to get in because your grades suck. Like she was like, your grades are so bad. She was like, you can't get into these schools. You need a safety school. If you don't have a safety school, you're not gonna get into college because your grades suck, it's not gonna work out. Here's the next lesson. There are going to be people that will tell you based on the fact of where you're at, you cannot achieve the goal that you have set based on the fact of where you're at. Not because you actually can't achieve it. They don't know. And and here's the other thing. Not only will they tell you that they cannot, that you can't achieve the goal that you've set, based on the fact of where you're at, but they also, the people that tell you this, probably, or in some instances, will not even be the person that could make it happen anyways. What do I mean? This college counselor telling me I can't get into U of I and Northwestern and all these schools wasn't even on the admissions board. Come on, sis, you have no authority here. Now, what you then have to be able to do, and this is where confidence comes in, because sometimes, and I was young at that point, but my parents didn't instill confidence into me, Sometimes when you are trying to do something big and you're asking the advice of others, the people that you're asking, one, don't have the experience to really give you advice on it. And then, two, they don't even have the authority to make your dreams happen anyways. And when they're naysayers, you need to disregard that. If they're not about the mission, they got to go. Okay. so this lady tells me I can't get into any of these schools. I have to apply to a safety school, blah, blah, blah. Now, my parents were like, no, no, no you can get into these schools, you can apply to wherever you wanna go. Matter of fact, we set up an interview for you to apply at Harvard. Here's where, here's why having strong people in your corner makes sense. I had a 2.7 GPA. The fact is the average GPA to get into the University of Illinois College of Business is a 3.74 GPA. They were typically at the, in the top, like 20 to 30% of their high school class, right? Two, 3.74 GPA, the average ACT score was a 31. I had a 21, okay? None of the facts that I should do this, but my parents were like, "No, no, no! You should go ahead and apply. Not only should you apply to these schools, we're gonna pay to put you on a plane to do all the interviews at all the top schools in the country." Why did they do that? I, I mean, I don't. They, my parents have a lot of faith. Okay, <laughs> they were like, "No." My parents basically explained to me in high school. They were like, "There's two two ways to make things happen." Okay, you can take the traditional path have all the accolades, have everything line up for you. You can do all the right things at all the right times and people could always look into you and they can say, oh, you're great. Or you can utilize the natural gifts that you have and open doors that otherwise would be closed to you. Tell me that you get this. Tell me that you get this. Okay. My parents were like, okay, our daughter doesn't have the grade. However, Our daughter is persuasive and she can talk her butt off. All we need to do is get her in front of the people who can actually make things happen and she'll have doors open to her that otherwise would have been closed. But here's the kicker, guys. Here's the kicker. You gotta know what your gift is. I'm telling you, there are so many of us walking around. I personally believe we innately know what our gift is, but so many people have put, and I just saw this like this vision of what happens when you're an adult. Okay, so imagine that like, this is your heart, right? Imagine this is your heart. And as you grow up, you you kind of know, like, as kids, you have a lot of big dreams. You have a lot of big ideas. You may innately know in your heart what you're really good at. But as you become an adult, here's what happens. People put their doubts on your heart. They put their own like trash on your heart. They put their own mess on your heart. They do all of these things to cover up who you are innately. Why? Because they have their own insecurities, okay? So it's not that you don't know. It's not that you don't have clarity. It's not that you aren't where you need to be. It's that other people's perceptions of you have warped your view of yourself so much so that you can't reach your heart or it's harder to reach it because you have all this crap on top of it. And it's so hard to uncover all of these things so that you can get back to who you are. You got to know where your gift is, because guess what? That gift is the key that's going to open doors that otherwise would have been shut to you. So look, here's what happens next. So I go to all these schools, Harvard and all these other schools, and I'm like, mm, I don't know. I love the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign, and I want to be in the College of Business. So then my parents do something else. They're like, all right, cool. Because they, they understand capitalism. Like, they taught me about capitalism. They were like, all right, we're going to pay for you to go to a summer program so that you can meet all the deans. Because, again, we know your gift is you getting in front of people speaking and helping them to help you, right? That's your gift, you can speak your butt off. We, they just need to see you and they will know that you are gonna be great, okay? So they pay for me to go to this summer camp. Here's the lesson in that. When a door is closed to you, there are times that the door can be opened with money. Okay. So you have to believe enough in your gift to put money behind it so that you can get in the rooms that you need to get in to be around the people you need to be around. Not all of us were born in families that can open doors for us with keys they already have. A lot of us have to start over. A lot of us have to get in rooms with other people who can believe in us so that they can make things happen for us. Guess what that takes? Money. Sometimes it takes money. They put money behind it. I don't know. It was like, I don't know, I don't know, maybe three to $5,000 for me to go to this camp. But one thing my parents did is every summer they put me at a camp at a school that was like way higher than what my GPA warranted so like I went to camps at Northwestern I went to camps at Emory I went to camps at the University of Illinois at urbana-champaign and guess what I graduated from Northwestern Law School I graduated from the University of Illinois College of Business with that 2.1 high school GPA I was able to do all of those things because guess what they eventually paid to put me in environments where I could see myself there I don't I, I just I feel like there there are people that that diminish the value of environments they diminish the value of environment if this is good if you're enjoying this just put yes yes in the comments tag a friend share it with a friend because I believe that if you get these principles if you listen to this not just the story but the principles behind it it'll change your life and your perception and you'll be ready to make some moves okay back to the story So they paid for me to go to that summer camp. Eventually, I only applied to one school, the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign College of Business. That was the only school that I applied to and I applied early action. I had no backup plan. I did not have any safety schools that I applied to. And guess what? Some people will say that's foolish. Some people will say that doesn't make sense. But I knew for a fact that was where I was supposed to be. And I put all my eggs in one basket and it worked out for me. I'm not saying you should do this. You got to operate at the level of faith that you're at. That's what my dad always says. Operate at the level of faith that you're at. You know, this is what I do. But I you know, I believe that in doing that, I told God, I believe that it was going to happen. It was like, all right, this is for me. This is gonna happen. And I went to that summer camp, made the connections, met the deans, did all of that stuff, and inevitably got into that school and graduated. Now, after getting into college, we had a similar situation. I was in college, did not have amazing grades, did really good at the things that I was really, really good at. Like I focused a lot on, I was the director of student at, God is so perfect. Let me tell y'all why. (laughs) Oh my God, it's so perfect. I was the director of student activities. Y'all want to know what my job was? This is gonna trip y'all out if you know what I do now as speaker ready cash. My job in college at the University of Illinois was to manage one of the largest budgets on campus. It was to plan student programming for the forty thousand students on campus. That was my job. It was to get a budget of between sixty to one hundred thousand dollars, depending on the year, and hire speakers and performers for campus. It blows my mind. Why does that blow my mind? Because what do I do now at Speak Your Way to Cash? I teach speakers how to land paid speaking engagements all the way back in college. I was paying speakers on behalf of one of the largest universities in the country. So everything works out perfectly. Then while I was there, I also got on the surfboard which managed the budget for the entire university. I had to be elected to get on that board and I, I, I got on it. I had one of the, like the highest votes. I don't even know how that happened. But I got on the board at the University of Illinois and I saw how budgetary meetings took place. So look, I've been doing, I've been speaking since in high school, traveling the world as a competitive speaker, went to college, hired other speakers, had budgets of 60 to $100,000, and then managed a multi six-figure, seven-figure budget for the entire university and sat on the board that determined which students groups got funding. In college, I was 17 when I went to college, okay? Just think about how, and this is why. And had I listened to that raggedy counselor, I mean, I don't know if she's raggedy, but okay, she her advice was raggedy. Had I listened to her when she said, I couldn't do it, how different would my path have been? And then guess what else? My husband went to the University of Illinois at Chicago. I did a semester abroad program where I took my final classes at the University of Illinois at Chicago. That's where I met my husband, who does what now? Now he works would Speak Your Way to Cash. And what do we do? We help y'all get paid, right? So it all works out. And this is why you have to focus. Someone said, God is the chief recycler. <laughs> yes. Yo, it's so deep when you, when you even think about the story in this context. So I go to college, do the same thing. I focus on what I'm good at. Grades are like, eh, not really as important to my future. I interviewed well, worked at some of the top, Corporations in the country got jobs, did all of that, no big deal. Right. And then when it came to me applying for law school, I run into the same grade issue. I run into the same grade issue. It's like, man, still ain't got the grades. Almost didn't even graduate from college, right? Focusing too much, I would say, on student activities and everything else. But still, the dean at my college was like, you know, we all know Ashley's going to be a lawyer. We just got to make sure she stays focused and graduates. Okay, cool. So I, I, I take a step back to take a step forward at this point. I graduate college and I take a job working for 25000 I think it was like $25,880. It was low, low. Okay. And I was like the only person in the company who wasn't bilingual. Everyone around me spoke a different language and it was obvious. Like they would have meetings in total Spanish. I was like, I don't even know what's going on here. Like i Studied a little bit of Spanish, but I'm not fluent. It was crazy. I did not like the job, but I would show up every day to the job and I would do the job to the best of my ability. You know what else I would do? I would get to the job early and I would blast gospel music before they got there and I would pray over the office. Look, y'all, people ain't gonna mess up my environment, okay? I I was going to get my $25,000 check. All right. (laughs) So I, I do that work this job, but it was flexible enough so that I could I could get into law school, but I was so discouraged, y'all. I was so discouraged, y'all. Let me tell you, I was so discouraged because I was working this job for this little bit of money and it was just so much going on. I was working this job for this little bit of money. I was discouraged. I didn't have any money. And this was like after I had worked other jobs for more money. So I felt like I was taking a step back. So my vision was getting blurry. I was around people that didn't support me. I was around people that didn't like me. The man that hired me at the job literally made me do several interviews for that $25,000 salary. I was like, this is bunk. This can't be my life. So you know what I had to do? I had to change my environment. Here's the thing. Some of you all are gonna have to work in corporate for a little bit. There's nothing wrong with that. And while you're there, you should be getting every single thing you can get. It's not about who likes you. It's about who you can learn from. So for me, working there was amazing because guess what that job taught me? Oh man, I didn't even, God just dropped this in my spirit. That job taught me internet marketing. My job at that job was to convince thousands of people to sign up for this particular job website. It was to market the website specifically to the black community. That's why they had me there. They all spoke Spanish. They didn't care, they didn't care less. They were like, look, she's black. She can market this website to the black community. I knew nothing about online internet marketing. I had to learn it on the fly. And this was in like 2011, 2012. So it wasn't a huge roadmap for it. So that job taught me internet marketing and it was a tech company. Okay. It taught me internet marketing. And what do I do now? Internet marketing. My company was virtual well before the pandemic, which is why we grew 400% during the pandemic. How perfect is it that I was preparing for a time such as this when I was making $25,000 a year feeling disrespected, but I didn't quit until I got the skill. Sometimes you leave corporate too soon because you haven't gotten the skill yet. You got to get the skill. Everything is purposed for you. You could be in a horrible job right now. And because you see it as a horrible job, you're missing all the lessons. You're missing all the gifts. And inevitably, parents come back into play because my dad used to tell me, then people are just paying you to learn. Mindset shift. I would be complaining about work or complaining about this. And he was like, that's not where you're going to be forever. Those people are just paying you to learn. That's it. Go there and get your education while they pay you. Four years in college, you paid for education. When you have a corporate job and you have a bigger mission than that job, that job is just paying you to learn. Period. There's nothing to complain about here. That job is paying you to learn. What they're doing is they're your seed investors. They're making sure you have seed so that you can take the money they're giving you, learn on their dime. Take that money, reinvest it into your purpose. But because you hate the job so much, you're being disobedient and you're missing the seeds. You're missing the lessons because all you see in there is, hey, you go in with red. What you need to do is go on and get, where my phone at? My Psalmist Rain, go and put on some Psalmist Rain Pandora station. Okay. That's what I put on when I need to get in my worship mode. Psalmist Rain, Psalmist, she's amazing. Psalmist Rain Pandora station. You go in there, you get your blessed, do whatever you got to do. Come on now and and you go and get your lessons that they're paying you to learn. That's all that job was doing. So anyways it got to a point where I couldn't see that anymore. even with good advice. even with good advice, you still be you're stubborn. I was young. I was like, no nah, this is this is bunk. but it was all still so divine. I was like, I need to work another job. So I took another job doing inside sales at acquiring just walking y'all through this miracle that God has, 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 has allowed for me to be a part of and the miracle that's going to happen in November. So I get another job doing inside sales at a company called Acquiring. I walk into the job and I interview with the owners of the company. We don't talk about my resume. We don't talk about any of that stuff. What we ended, I wore my wedding ring and what we ended up talking about was the fact that I was married and I was young. Now, here's another thing. Oh, the Lord is really laying this out for me, for y'all, for, but for me too. It's like revelation, but like I'm about to give it. So (laughs) I walk into this interview I have on my wedding ring. Me and my husband got married at 22 and 23. We were really young when we got married. And we got married after only dating for like six months. I knew him from high school. I knew him from college. I knew him from all these places, but we didn't date long. We dated for six months. And I knew he was the one because he loved God. He loved God. He loved me. And he, the the real, the real reason I knew he was the one is because me and my dad were arguing about something. And my husband was the one who was like, okay, you got to get it right with your dad. You're in the wrong. You need to call him and apologize. And I was like, oh, is he checking me? Is he checking me? Okay. He the one. So I knew he was the one, right? I had zero doubt about it. So we got married. We didn't even tell my parents because we knew they weren't going to be on board with it, which is why I've never had a wedding. I may do one. It's nothing. We could do a wedding. We got... Ten years under our belt, so it's fine. We've been married ten years in March. It'll be ten years in March, so that happens. That's a but. But everyone told me not to marry him. You're too young. Blah 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 blah. I walk into that job. The guy sees that I'm married, and he goes, "Are you married?" And I'm like, "Yeah." Now you know you're not supposed to ask this in an interview. So I'm like, "Okay, what's about to happen here? What's about to happen here?" And he was like, "Me when." how old are you? I'm like, I'm 22. He breaking all the rules. Y'all don't do this. You can't supposed, you're not supposed to do this. So he says, he says, um, and I think I may, have, I may have mentioned that I was married first. He says, okay, me and my wife got married at the same age as you and your husband. I'm going to hire you because you're safe. You know what you want and you make decisions. You're someone who we can invest in. Do you know that that company taught me everything I needed to know about inside sales I've done over 20,000 sales calls because I took a job at that company and I loved that company to this day. I love that company. I talk about that company in my book, but it was an incredible experience because I worked there and I had to do a hundred calls a day and I would get like two or three people that would say yes, but I loved it because the environment was right. The environment was so right and so accommodating that that was the company that allowed me to leave my work early and go and study for the LSAT. They were like, yeah, we'll accommodate you. And guess what I had to do to get to that job? Now, this is such a blessing. It's such a blessing. I had, because I lived far from this company at this time. Me and my husband lived on 38th in California in Chicago. Not the best area, but we lived it. And and ironically, <laughs> the area was like mainly Latino. So we were like one of the only Black families who lived in the area. So it all works together, right? So we, <laughs> I had to take two trains and a bus to get to work every day. It took me several hours a day to get to work. And then when I got there, I had to make 100 calls a day to get told no 98 times. And I did it again for a long, long time. But that job taught me about sales and they supported my aspirations to want to go to law school. But eventually the commute got to be a lot. So I had to, I left that job and I took another job that was down the street from the law school. But here's something I want you to remember. I had to take these two trains and a bus to get to work every day. Every day, one of the trains was directly in front of the law school that I had gotten declined from originally. So every day going to this job all the way out in Evanston, Illinois, I saw the law school. And every day I saw it, I would look at it and I would say to God that, God, there is no way you have me seeing a law school every day going to work if you're not going to allow me to get into law school because God doesn't tease me. Some of y'all think God is teasing y'all. You think God allows you to come into contact with people like me who are making a good amount of money in business, landing six-figure contracts, have clients doing it the same so that God can tease you. You still think that like, maybe it can't happen for me, but that's a faulty belief system on you and has nothing to do with him. The fact of the matter is in my life, God has never teased me. If I see something and I want it and I'm willing to walk towards it, he'll give me the supernatural insight to make it happen. He does not tease you. Okay, so if you're seeing someone succeeding, the emotion that you're feeling, you may be misclassifying it as jealousy when really it's just a sign. Like, yeah, you may want it, but if you really want it, you're going to put your feet behind it. Comparison is not a bad thing. That emotion of comparison isn't a bad thing. What you do with that emotion can be a bad thing. If you see someone else winning and you immediately distance yourself from their success, that can be a bad thing. But if you see someone winning and you're like, man, Ashley, she she only 31? Oh man, I'm 31 too. Oh, she's younger than me. That means I definitely can do it. Oh, we're both black women. Oh man, that means I can do it too. That's a good thing. Don't let people fool you. Everything you see on social media ain't cute. And everyone's saying like, oh, well, comparison is bad. Don't compare yourself to, compare yourself to others, but know what to do with the emotion. Compare yourself in a positive light. If you have similarity with anyone that's successful, that should be driving you to be successful, not causing you to feel resentment and all those other emotions that don't serve you. Every emotion I got is meant to serve me. I was made perfectly and in his image. It's up to me to make sure that I do the right actions with the emotion, okay? So back to the story. Go to this job. I'm close to the law school. I end up taking another job after that that was literally down the street from the law school down the street. It was five minutes walking distance. And I was a consultant for car dealerships, again, teaching them how to sell stuff online. Also ironic because now I sell stuff online. So that was my job, right? What I did with that job, I took a job very close to the law school. It was walking distance, okay? Now, why was it? Why is the fact that it was walking distance so important? Because the law school declined me from getting in. So my my mission was like, OK, God, you don't tease me. You don't tease me. But and here's where I think we get it twisted as Christians. A lot of I, I've heard this growing up and my husband and I talk about this all the time. There are people that will say, <laughs> yes, thank you, Latoya. There are people that will say, hey, all you got to do is pray about it and let God do the rest. Hmm. If you pray, this is how it works for me. I don't know what, what you got going on with your God and all of that, and that ain't none of my business. Here's how it works for me. When I pray for something, God gives me supernatural insight and opens doors for me to walk through. But the walking, that's movement. I gotta do something. You know what I mean? Gotta do something. Doesn't mean I should be worrying about it or stressing about it. And then what I do with my actions, after I do the plan that I've been given, I trust that that plan will come to pass perfectly and in his timing and in his in His you know will, right? But you gotta do something. So I took the job down the street. Here was what I was instructed to do. This is what I did. I was like, okay, I'm down the street from this lady. Every single week that I am at this job, I'm going to go and sit in the admissions officer's office until she accepts me. And I told her I was going to do it. And she did not believe me. But I was like, hello, Melissa. That's her real name. I was like, Melissa, I took a job down the street. Now, you know, I've been calling and you all don't always answer my call. So I took a job down the street. And what I'm going to do is come in every single week until you allow me into this school. I'm not going to harass you or anything. I'm just going to come in and sit because this is where I'm supposed to be. And I'm going to be one of your most successful alumni. So I go to that school every week until she lets me in. After months of doing this, not one time, not two time, not three time. We're talking about 60 plus days of doing this. She says, okay, Ashley, you're wearing me down. And here's another thing I did. I didn't just go and sit in Melissa's office because Melissa wasn't a believer. She wasn't a believer in my ability to do this. So I went in and sat in Melissa's office and I also reached out to other people at the law school who were directors of diversity and inclusion and who were in other places in the law school. Here's where some people miss it. And I teach this to my speakers and Speaker-Rated Cash Academy. When you get an opportunity, when you get an open door to go into a company, you don't need one contact. You don't need two contacts you need three people at that organization who are advocates for you because people change and pieces of the puzzle move. So if you don't have a good root in an organization where there's several people speaking your name when you aren't there, you're not ingrained enough to make that opportunity fit you. So keep that in mind. Melissa is like annoyed with me coming into her office all the time. But there was someone at that school by the name of Roy Dean. He was phenomenal. And I just hope you all get the lessons in this story. This guy was amazing. He works with Melissa and he ends up. <laughs> you wore her out in the old moment. You wore her out like the old woman in Jesus' parable. Yes. That's what you gotta do. You gotta keep showing up, okay? If you believe it, you're gonna keep showing up. Because here's the thing: some of you think that your issue with selling is that, oh, no one supports me. No one. No, no, no. no, no, no. Your belief isn't strong enough for your customers to buy it. Let me say that a different way. Your and I want someone to write this in the comments. <laughs> this is why people aren't. If you have a buyer issue, this is why your belief isn't strong enough for your customers to borrow it. You see what I mean? In order for me to borrow, like lend you something, I have to have enough of it for myself. Your belief has to be so strong that your customers can borrow your belief. When they borrow your belief, they'll buy. People who believe in stuff take action. I believe this chair will hold me up. I'm sitting in it. If I didn't believe it, I'd be standing up doing this live but I have trust in it, so I'm sitting in it. People will believe, but your belief has to be so strong that you have enough for your customers to borrow. it. It's nothing, like, look, I got so much belief, you want some, here, take some, you don't gotta believe. Your customers may not even believe in themselves, but if you believe in your product and what it will do for them strong enough, they will have no choice but to buy it. They will borrow your belief until it converts into their own. Okay, now that's the word quick question. Will you let me coach you for three days? Look, I know that it will be life changing. I have seen it with my own eyes. So I want you to join me at Speak Your Way to Cash Live 2021, November 4th through the 6th. It's a hybrid event and it's our sixth one, okay. I'm not trying these strategies out on you all. I'll be teaching you what you need to land five and six figure corporate speaking contracts, grow your speaking business, sell to large and medium sized corporations, as well as colleges, and get the press that you need to start getting some of those inbound inquiries that everyone wants. We'll cover pitching. We'll cover press. We'll cover assembling your proposal and proposal writing. We'll make sure that we also cover how to deliver a rock solid speech, develop your framework. And guess what, guys? If you've attended in the past, this year is 100% new content same focus. All right. So I want you to join me there. And if you get a VIP ticket, you can meet me live. We will be live and in person in Chicago, Illinois. And so come on in. We have various safety protocols to keep everyone safe, but it's going to be one of the best investments you make in your life. And our reviews tell us that, that is a 100% truth. All right. So if you want to come, just go to speakyourwaytocash.com slash event, speakyourwaytocash.com to event, speakyourwaytocash.com slash events because I want to coach you for three days and help you to start speaking your way to cash. Talk to you soon, guys. Let's get back to this episode. So Melissa wasn't there with me yet. She didn't believe yet. So Rory gave her some belief. He was like, no, no, no. I think this girl is different. We need to do something. So here's what she did. She made me prove what I was saying to her. She said, okay, we'll let you in under one condition. It's a lesson in this, y'all. Here was the condition that this woman let me in under. She she let me in under one condition. The condition was this. She was like, we'll let you into law school if you pay $5,000. We talked about this. You're going to have to pay to access some opportunities. Some of you all ignore blessings because they have a price tag affixed to them. It's still a blessing, especially if you can physically make it happen for yourself. You know what I mean? If you got the money, you just don't want to spend it and you don't know. And no, no, no it's still a blessing. She said, I had to pay $5,000 to get into this program. And only 50% of people who get into this program go on to be successful in law school. So the program was like a trial period. And if you got over a 2.5 GPA in the program, you could go on and get into law school. And in fact, if you get the highest score in the program, they'll give you that little money you invested back and apply it towards your tuition. But here's the thing, 2.5 isn't very high. Listen to this though, only 50% of people who get into this program actually get a 2.5 GPA or better. It's a tough program and I was working full time. So Melissa was like, this should get rid of her. What she thought was, and I don't know if she thought but what could have happened was, what could have happened was, I could have seen it as like, oh no, I want full admission. I prayed for full admission and and this isn't exactly how I wanted it to happen. And and this isn't exactly, and and where am I gonna get the money? But I was like, "No, no, 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 this is a sign. (laughs) this is a sign. And and some of you can't appropriately identify signs. Here's how you identify them. Does this opportunity get me closer to or further away from my ultimate goal? Somebody put that in the comments. I've been a mentor for 15 years and I have to believe for my kids enough for them to say, yes, that's so true. This is how you know something is a sign. Does it get you closer to or further away from my ultimate goal? If it gets you closer to it, Take it as a sign and do what you got to do. So I go into this program and and I sit in the front. I sit in the front and I sit in the front purposefully because I didn't want to see what anyone behind me was doing. There are times in your life when you cannot afford to see what other people are doing. You have to be so focused on your goal that you sit as close to the win as possible. Listen to me on this. I'm telling you, there are people watching right now. I know it and I feel it in my bones that the only reason you aren't achieving is because you're too busy doing this. What's she doing? What he doing? What they doing? What they doing? What they doing? Hmm, let me look at this. Let me look at that. No, 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 no. You have a mission in front of you. You know what you need to do. You know where you need to invest. You know the rooms you need to be in, but you're looking all around and you're getting confused because you're not in action. Once you start moving, clarity comes, Okay. Sit close enough to the wind. Sit as close to the wind as possible. So that's what I did. Sat in the front. It's 60 people in this program. I end up getting the highest grade in that program, getting all my money back, got all A's in all the classes, asked a ton of questions, went to law school at John Marshall. But remember my dream school from when I was like a kid, like in high school, was always Northwestern. The guy who got me into John Marshall, it wasn't really Melissa. She helped, right? But this guy named Rory was the one who got me in. That guy stayed at, John Marshall, long enough, literally, the, the, my first full day of law school, Rory tells, I call him. He tells me, "I'm so proud of you for getting all these grades. You're going to be amazing, you're going to do amazing, but I'm leaving the university today." It was like close to my first day at the school. And I cried. I was like, "No. Like, Rory, you were about, you helped me get in." And he was like, um, he was like, "No, you got this." Some people are literally angels in your life, guys. And this is what I mean by, I made a post on Instagram that was like, you have to look at your past in a way that fuels your future. If you, check this out. So Rory gets me in. I gotta get through. Rory gets me in. Guess where Rory went to law school? Northwestern law. Well, that was my ultimate dream school. So then I start to think, okay, God, I'm closer to my dream, but what I really want in my heart before people put all the doubt, oh, you don't have good enough grades to get into Northwestern. You can't get into Northwestern. No, 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 you're not smart enough. You you can't before they put all that stuff on my heart, my dream school was Northwestern. Well, now Rory's gone. Okay, he's gone. He stayed there long enough for me to get in. Okay. The day I got in, he left, but he was like my guardian angel. I will always respect him. But guess where he went? Northwestern. What did I take that as? A sign. (laughs) Rory believes in me. He went to Northwestern. So can I. So then I have a new goal. I'm like, all right, I'm here. I'm here. And this is good, but it's not exactly what the vision that I saw. Because when I was in high school, my parents sent me to a summer camp in Northwestern and I fell in love with it. I was like, this is my school. Okay. I get into law school and this is, here's the message in that for some of you guys listening. There are some of you listening that are like, okay, I got a good job. I got a family. I got kids. I got the stuff I said I wanted, but there's still something missing. You need to go back to the ultimate goal. What do you really want? If you believe that anything could happen, what do you really want? Because that's going to be the thing. That's your guiding light. People talk about, I can't find my purpose. You need to look in your heart. And if you can't find your purpose, it's because there's too much stuff around your heart. You can't feel clearly. You can't see clearly. And there's probably too many people around you that aren't dreamers, that don't have vision. I have a shirt on today. Here comes this dreamer. Shout out to 316. Like, you have to look in your heart. So Rory leaves. I go to John Marshall. I'm like, okay, cool. I'm going to transfer to Northwestern. Same thing happens again. People are like, no, you can't transfer to Northwestern from John Marshall. The school is ranked 180 out of 200. It's not a good law school. Northwestern is ranked 10 in the country. They've only taken like one person, one time ever from here to transfer. And I was like, oh, wait, 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 hold up. They done messed up now. They done messed up now. They not told me they took somebody before. Well, here comes comparison. Because I'm like, well, you mean they took somebody else who went from this law school? They was like, yeah, yeah, but it's only one person. I think it was a white guy. And it was, like, oh, no, 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 stay focused. You mean to tell me that somebody who walked the same steps that I'm walking, who got into the same school as me, who breathes the same air as me, who had the same professors as me, transferred to Northwestern? That was all I needed. Listen to me on this. Sometimes there will be people that say, oh, this one girl did it, but like she had X, Y, and Z and her parents were married and her husband supported her and blah, 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 blah. All of that sounds like excuses to me. If there is a human being walking this earth, breathing the same air as you with the same heart as you, having the same organs as you, doing something, there is no reason why you can't do it too. Do not let people who don't have vision Speak into your life. I don't care if it's your mama. I don't care if it's your husband. Our hearts were uniquely created by God himself. Man don't create heart. So the only person who can tell me what I'm, like who can tell me like that I shouldn't believe in what's in my heart is God, period. It don't mean you gotta be disrespectful with it, but you can gracefully disengage with people who don't have vision, which is why I'm very careful about coaches and all. Like, look, I may be a coach, but you're the visionary, period. And if you feel that you're supposed to go in a different direction, I'm not gonna, I'm. it's not my role to interfere with that, period. So let me be really clear about what happened. So then I go into John Marshall. They tell me about this one guy who did it one time, whatever. So I got to do the same thing. And this is why this is the path to achieving anything. It's always repetition. I did the same thing. Went to John Marshall. I didn't talk to anyone who was negative. People would come up to me saying, law school is so hard. My friend did it. She barely filled out. It took her five times to pass the bar. I'm not listening to you. God bless your friend. That ain't my life. That ain't my story. They were like, how do you like law school? Every time someone asked me, I said I loved it. They were like, oh, well, I never met anyone. Who loves law school that's so weird lawyers are so unhappy it's not my lot that's not for me i'm not supposed to be unhappy i love it here's the other thing the secret to doing really well at something to going above and beyond at something is that you love it is that you like it so much that you love it okay like if you want to be exceptional you need to have a love for it the reason people love coming to my events the reason you like listening to these live streams is because i love this stuff Like I wake up thinking about this stuff. I'm excited by this. If you don't love what you're doing, you're not doing what's in your heart. And if you're not doing what's in your heart, all that money you want to make, it's going to be either hard to make or it's not coming because you don't love it enough to put in the work you have to put in to be excellent at it. All right. So here's the thing. (laughs) I was like, I love law school. I'm going to do this. I got with one or two friends of mine who were like me, who were like, all right, yeah, we're getting all A's. I don't care what they're talking about. We're getting all me. I had three friends, three. Not 20, not 50, not thousands. It was three people that I studied with. And when anyone else wanted to study with us, we would say no. Why? Because they had different goals and objectives. And even when people would come and try to study with us, they would say, oh, y'all are too intense. Y'all got too much going on. And you know where those people are? They were struggling to get a job at graduation. I ain't got time for it. I feel bad for you. I can have empathy for you a little bit later. Right now, I have a goal to accomplish. And the only people I'm allowing in my environment are those with a similar vision. Yeah, we're type A. Yeah, we get after it. Yeah, we speak positively. And guess what? When one of us fell, when one of us didn't understand a concept, we were like, no, 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 no. The vision is that all of us get all A's and all of us transfer to top law schools and all of us make multi-six figures upon graduating law school. Those three friends, all of us got the grades. All of us transferred to a top tier law school. All of us made $190,000 upon graduating law school. All three of us. Why? Because our vision was aligned, period. Period. You can have friends in business, but you can't have a lot of them. And you may not be able to have all of them. Yeah, it may be lonely, but get you one or two. Get you one or two people that are like, no, 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 sis. I love that you got 50000 on that last contract, but what did we say our vision was? A So all this is, is a path on the road to that ultimate goal. I love that you made six figures in business, sis, but you said you wanted to make seven so you could hire X, Y, and Z and so that you could impact A, B, and C. Your friends can encourage you without allowing you to get complacent in your victories along the way. The reason a lot of people struggle with staying consistent, with, saying, with staying consistent, with getting things done, with going after their dreams is because they get two or three friends around them and they allow people saying they're doing a good job to make them complacent. Well, here's the truth. Some of you guys don't really want to achieve your goals. You just want to look like you're achieving goals. So you're comfortable. If someone says you're doing good, you're like, cool. I, I don't got to work the rest of the week. Somebody said I'm doing good. That's very different than having a vision. My vision is not like, let me look successful so people can give me likes on Instagram. Come on, that's silly. I mean, you know, if that's your thing, whatever. It's silly to me. It's silly to me because of what God has shown me about who I'm supposed to be and who I'm supposed to impact. Really, me making money isn't even the ultimate goal. I am here to ensure that people of color can go into these corporations and wreck shop. I am here to make sure that they get multi-six, seven-figure corporate contracts so that they don't have to feel burdened in white systems that never respected them anyways. I'm very clear on what I am supposed to do. And every now and then, it's like, okay, these principles could work for everybody. They could help everyone, Ashley. Why do you say people of color? Because guess what? There's always going to be someone in your generation that's not afraid to say, no, 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 black people deserve to make money. Everyone won't say it. But if you're one of the people who's not afraid to speak up and speak out and say what people deserve, then I think that you are uniquely qualified to help other people get to something that they might not have otherwise gotten to. I'm bold. Ain't no way God made me this bold for me to just get me some money. Come on. Who does that help? Me? Chris? Christelle? Yeah. But I mean, come on. That's not a big enough vision to wake you up every morning and keep you in the fight. It's just not. So get clear on that vision. Get clear on that vision. Okay. So taking it back, go to John Marshall with my three homies. We all get straight A's. Me and my one girlfriend got the same grades down to the minuses. Like we got A's and we both got the same A minus. Like we was in sync. Okay. Then we transferred. I transferred to Northwestern Law School. And then the Holy Spirit placed it on my heart to write a book about how we did it. Because guess what? Here's, oh, this is, let me tell you this. Some of you guys, despite the fact, that you have to work so hard at something, that you have to put in so much work, that it doesn't come easy, that you have to write a list, that you have to make a standard operating procedure for it, that you have to do all these things, that you have to go and talk to somebody else, that you have to go and write the vision down, that you have to fall off the horse, get on the horse. Let me tell you why you have to do that. Listen in. If this is you, if this is you, you're someone that has to work harder at things than other people, that it doesn't come easy to, that you're like wrestling with some things every now and then, listen in. I got something for you right now. The reason... You have to take things step by step. And the reason why God won't even allow you to skip a step is because you're going to have to write the manual for someone else. The beauty of generational wealth and generational knowledge and the transfer is that when you do it step by step and you can document what you've done, other people who come behind you can follow that script and they can make their own script and they can add to your vision so that people who come behind them get further a lot of people want to skip the line but let me tell you something skipping the line is selfish it's selfish i feel this so hard skipping the line is selfish when you skip the line you can't give anyone the playbook that's why all these coaches who you see online and they're like oh i made a million dollars and you ask them step by step how to do it they don't know they skip the line great for them not great for generations it doesn't mean you don't work hard. It doesn't mean you don't work smart. But what I'm saying is do not despise the fact that you have had to create a playbook because playbooks help teams. Do you hear me? You are not just here for you. You're here to help the team. So yeah, it's gonna feel a little bit more laborious. It may not look like laptop, laptop lifestyle. It may not look like that. And you'll have time to rest and rejuvenate and all of that because God is perfect and he does not allow you to burn out when you have a vision. You may feel like it. That means you got to take a rest, right? He rested on the seventh day. He gave us a a script for how to do this. So skipping the line is selfish. It's great for you. It's not great for generations. If you have a playbook, write it. I wrote the law school hustle, gave students a playbook. now we have helped over 20 law students that have actually told me and thousands that have read the book go from lower tier law schools to the top law schools in the country and make more money than they would have made otherwise. One student wrote a letter to me saying he saved... $50,000 $50,000 by buying my twenty six ninety five dollars book because he went to school and he negotiated his salary using the strategies I give out in the book. Like, had I not gone to John Marshall, skipped, like did all that stuff, did all that work, went to transfer to Northwestern, I couldn't have written the law school hustle. And so, yeah, it may have been okay for me to just go to John Marshall and be great and get everything that I could get for myself, but it's not great for the team. I had to do all the steps so I could write the playbook. Don't be mad about it. Get glad about it. And now, you know, I get passive income after writing the book, after going through the steps. So when you go through the steps and you write the book and you do the things, the money will come because you will help so many people. Okay, you'll help so many people. And every time. So let me summarize this. Okay, so far, what do we know? One, you need people in your corner that are going to boost you up not tear you down. Two, a lot of people that are haters that will say you can't do something don't even have the authority to open the door you're trying to get open. Disregard, period. Like, I wish I could say it nicer and nicely. (laughs) Disregard. They don't got the key, okay? Three, you have to get clear about what's in your heart. What do you really want to do? It may be covered up by the doubt and the insecurities and all the other things that people have hoisted on you, even from when you were a child, but you need to get clear on what's in your heart and figure out how to monetize the gift that you have. If it's speaking, let me help you, right? If it's something else, we can find someone to help you. You have to get clear on that because that's where you're going to build your vision from. It's from your heart. It's not going to be from what other people say or what other people do or what anyone else has. It's from your heart. Four, skipping the line is selfish. You're going to have to do things step by step so that you can write the playbook. If you're someone that you have to do that for or you feel yourself getting frustrated by that, it may be because a part of your vision is writing a playbook to help massive people change their lives. Like that could be a part of your vision. Now, I end up transferring to Northwestern, get into Northwestern. I interview at a few law firms and um, I really wanted to work at this firm, Kirkland and Ellis. That was like my dream firm. I interview with them. The interview goes well, but they tell me, you know, they called me, the woman called me. The interview was amazing. And, and before I interviewed with them, because I'm a very strategic thinker, before I interviewed with them, I went and talked to the general counsel of one of their largest clients. My mom worked at Blue Cross and Blue Shield Association and what the general counsel there was someone that she knew and she hooked up a meeting between he and I he said I could tell them I talked to him so I did I went I talked to him in my interview I was like yeah and I talked to Scott and you were, oh yeah we know him all this stuff I thought it was in the bag the interview was amazing and I already had offers from like seven other firms so I'm like come on I do this interview stuff so so I thought it was in the bag the woman I interviewed with calls me her name was Krista she called me and was like, Ashley, I have some bad news. I can't offer you the job because even though you're at Northwestern now, we don't know if you're going to get the same grades at Northwestern that you got at John Marshall. Because, you know, John Marshall is a very different school, not the same caliber. But what I want you to do is stay in touch with me and I know you'll get other offers. So I'm happy to help you walk through those offers. This live is going to be long. It's going to be a little long, but we're going to keep going. Y'all with me? Just say yes if you're with me. Because I there's still a few more principles I want you to get. She told me no, but she said, let's stay in touch. I'll help you walk through your offers. This is how my brain works. So strategically, I'm thinking, okay, here's what I'm going to do. And this, I I truly believe this comes from, this comes from the Holy Spirit. Like I can't, I can't explain why my thought process is like this. I was like, I'm going to get so many offers and I'm going to take all the offers to her and I'm going to have her help me select a firm, even though I already knew which other firm I was going to go to. But I was like, I'm going to have her help me select the firm because I know that in her mind, she will see me elevated by seeing all the other firms that I have offers for. And what I'm going to do is I am going to work my hardest to get a job at their biggest competitor. Hear me now. You can be a Christian and still be strategic. If your option A doesn't want you strategically, it may make sense for you to go get a job at their option B and tell option A. So option A can be like, "Mm, we should consider this. So what did I do? Interviewed at all the other firms, put my best foot forward. I reached out to every alum of Northwestern and I spoke with them at the firm that I wanted to get at. I had offers at like seven or eight other top law firms. And I got a job at Sidley and Austin. It was the firm that Michelle and Barack Obama met at one of kirkland's biggest competitors now competitor doesn't mean like they don't like them it just means they're in their peer firms right so i take all these offers back to my girl krista i was like all right i was like i don't know what to do you know i got i got offers at these other seven firms and and maybe a ninth firm well what should i do what should i do she was like these are some of the best firms in the city this is amazing right i think you should go to to this firm i think you should go work at sidley i think that makes sense i was like you know what i think you're right and she was like well if you don't love it there why don't you just send me an email at the end of your summer summer? next Send you a what? Girl, I was already gonna send you an email. But I didn't say that. I was like, oh yeah, absolutely. I will stay in touch. So I was like, all right, now next mission is getting a job at Sidley. I did not like my summer experience as much as I think I would have loved the summer at Kirkland, but it's cool. I met great people, great friends. I got all the lessons and they paid me like three grand a week as a law student to work there. Three grand a week as a law student to work there. I was there for 10 weeks. That's about $30,000. They paid me $30,000 in a summer to work a job at that law firm. That was my second choice. I made $25,000 my first year out of undergrad. They paid me thirty grand in a summer. Come on, you couldn't tell me nothing. I was like, oh, this is what's up. I like this strategy thing. All right, stay with me. At the end of that summer, I called her back. And not only did I call her back, but I called a Northwestern professor because... Here's the thing. There's strategy and everything. I took a class with a Northwestern professor that used to be a very high ranking partner at Kirkland. A lot of people did not necessarily love this guy. I liked him. I liked him because of the lessons. He did some stuff I didn't agree with, but it didn't matter to me. I got the lessons. When I went to interview at Kirkland at the end of my summer, they told me that that guy who happened to be older white man had written a letter to the head of the firm and told her she needed to hire me. When I went for my interview, I met not with my interviewers, but with the head of the firm. And when I sat down in that chair, she asked me a couple of questions. And then she was like, all right, what will it take for us to get you here? I want you to realize the difference in the question. It wasn't, um, we'll get back to you or, oh, you went to John Marshall or, oh, you did this. No, 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 no. What do we have to do to get you here. And do you know what I did? I negotiated my salary. I had them set up a full office for me at home. And I guaranteed that they would donate a certain amount of money to the Black Women Lawyers Association that I loved. People say all the time, oh, you know, the man this and the man that. When you are conscious and you have a mission and you have a vision and you have a heart for people, you should be at the biggest table. You should sit at the biggest seats. And when you get there, you should use their money to do philanthropic causes that you want to do. Anyways, so she got me there. And do you know how she introduced me to all the other partners? This is Ashley. We stole her from this firm. Hmm. Do you see how everything works together? And the reason why I remembered this is because it wasn't by luck. It was strategy. Everyone isn't lucking it up out here. People are being strategic on a level that some of us don't even think about. But I had to be strategic like that so that I could tell you guys the story so that you could get the motivation from it. It's not motivational for me to say, hey, I had a job at a big firm. I made 300 grand. I made a lot of money. God bless you. Go ahead and do it too. I can tell you down to the T what I did because it was a game plan, okay? And Chris, I'm married this whole time. Chris was so amazing. He never even, we prepared for these interviews like we were preparing for freaking presidential debate. He had books on all the firms. He told me the maternity leave of all the firms. We had a chart of where we wanted to go. We had a chart of where we didn't want to go. We made packets for each of the firms, laminated with their name on it. We we prepared so deep. And not only that, by the time I got to law school, I had a 3.8 GPA. I had a 3.9 GPA. I had the pedigree. I had all of that and then some. So you do need to be prepared. (laughs) you do need to be prepared but the strategy is the piece that we're missing and if you don't have someone working with you with a strategic mind you're going to miss out on so much brilliance because you're not being strategic you're not moving right you gotta be strategic why is the serpents innocent as doves there's strategy to everything when jesus was choosing the disciples he was strategically choosing people in different professions Fisherman and carpenter, like everything has strategy. Okay. So you're not on this if, if now, if you're just doing stuff for you, you're just trying to get money for you. I can't help you. I don't know what to tell you. I mean, I can help you get some contracts, make some money. I can't help you make big, you know, I can't help you to create big impact. My income will be huge as a byproduct of my impact, period. Okay. The fact of the matter is, Your income will be huge as a byproduct of your impact, but without strategy, you're not going to make it. So let me tell you some things. I want to recap some things. Went to Kirkland, did a great job there, ended up going to the the other firm. I negotiated a $100,000 raise at the other firm. That's how I got to the $300,000 salary. And then I leave and start my own companies teaching y'all all this strategy. This is going to be like my my longest live today. But look, I hope you all are getting something from this. If you're getting any gems, just drop gem in the comments, all right? So here's a byproduct. Some things that I did when it got tough. This is your roadmap. Now I'm going to give you guys the roadmap. Number one, you need to write the vision and make it plain. Now, here's where a lot of people miss it. They write the vision. They write the vision, meaning they write down like, I want to make X amount of dollars. Okay, whatever. Make it plain. That's different. Write the vision, one part, make it plain, second part. This is scripture. Write the vision means you write it out. Make it plain means you make it clear to you. So when I was going through law school, I had never seen myself with straight A's. So me writing the vision like AAA, that's writing it, but making it plain was me printing out a transcript, putting my name in it, putting all A's next to it, and literally looking at it next to all of my classes every single day. If you want to get a check for $100,000, you need to write yourself a check for $100,000. If you want to have 5,000 people at your event, you need to print out an Eventbrite with sold out with 250 or 5,000 people at the event. If you want to sell $5 million in digital products, you need to print out that screen that they show you when you create some stuff and then put $5 million in it. Most of us stop at writing the vision, but you have not made it plain until you can see it and believe it for yourself. And then what do we talk about? Your belief has to be so strong that your buyers can borrow your belief. Some of you guys have a little bit of belief, but it's not strong enough for them to buy based on your belief. So it won't work. All right. You write the vision, you make it plain. And it's not plain until you believe it. Part two, when you believe it, it needs to be so strong that your buyers can borrow your belief. All right. That's number two. Your buyers have to be able to borrow your belief. Number three is your environment, your environment. Your environment has to be set. Two ways this can happen. You can be born into an amazing environment, but we're grown now. Most of you watching are grown, got your own kids, got your own man, got your own house, got your own stuff. So now you have to either create an environment that accommodates your belief or you have to buy your way into an environment that will give you some belief. Here's what I want you to do. I want anyone listening who found any value in this to attend Speak Your Way to Cash Live. It is an environment where we foster dreams and we build up belief. That's what we do there. And we help you land five and six figure corporate contracts. If you thought this strategy was good, come there. I'm going to teach you some dope strategy there too. So get in an environment where you have to go. We also talked about all the rooms that either I had to buy into or my parents had to buy into for me (laughs) because I was like a teenager, right? All those rooms that I had to buy into, now you see how all of those rooms have accommodated what I do now on a high level. You gotta buy to get into some rooms. Do not think that it's not a blessing because there's an invoice attached to it. We talked about how to evaluate, how to evaluate whether something is a blessing or not, whether something is a sign or not. Signs will get you closer to your goal, your ultimate goal, which comes from your heart. Things that are distractions will take you further away. Simple analysis, right? But you got to do that. Write the vision and make it plain. You got to have that belief system intact. You absolutely do. And then what I want you to do, and this is a critical element of it too, you may have to change up your friends. You may have to change up your friends. You can have, and here's the thing. I'm not saying dump your friends that aren't successful or any of that. I have friends who I don't talk to about business, but we're friends like they they know my heart. They know who I am, but we're friends. You know, we don't talk about business. But some of you are trying to make business besties out of people that aren't business besties. Like when I think of a business bestie, we have an aligned vision. We have a similar work ethic and we do not speak doubt into our lives or the lives of those around us. And if by chance we happen to fall, that other person is, and like, they're like a sharpening block. They're like, nah, uh-uh, that sound like doubt. Ooh, I'm sorry. Was that doubt coming through? Oh, I'm sorry. Are we making excuses now? That's a business bestie. It's not someone who you look cute with on vacation. A business bestie, to me, is someone who can be like, Ashley, it sounds like You're speaking from a place of hurt versus a place of being healed. I don't think you should do that. Why don't you try that again tomorrow? It's, are you okay? Are you doing good? Are you happy? Like those are business besties. They keep you in alignment. So you may have to change who you're calling your business bestie. Get you somebody who you can rock with. A lot of lifelong friendships were formed at Speak Your Way to Cash Live for that reason. People don't really have environments like that where people have similar goals when they've been poured into similarly. The other thing is, it's very difficult for you to be very close with someone who is not getting the same information as you. You're either going to have to wise them up <laughs> or it's going to be a challenge. So you want to make sure that you all are aligned. You're getting similar information. You're being fed by similar sources, which is why I like one of the same churches, my husband, you know, I want us fed by the same sources. So you, there's some work that needs to be done in all this. But when you write that vision and you make it plain and then you start working towards your goal, and you don't let anything stop you from reaching it, you can achieve anything. You can absolutely achieve anything. So what I want you to do is join me at Speak Your Way to Cash Live 2021. Now, here's the thing. Two ways you can join me. Let me coach you for three days. How We've been on here. We've been on here an hour and 11 minutes. If I gave you one thing that shifted your mindset, one thing that changed the way you will approach your business, your life, your goals, and your dreams. I want you to just imagine three days with me and what we gonna do for those three days and how we gonna make it work. I know it'll be life-changing and we've done this event six times and it's life-changing every time. So I want you to go, to SpeakYourWayToCash.com slash event. SpeakYourWayToCash.com slash event and get an early bird ticket. And the reason I want you to get an early bird ticket, and you can get a VIP ticket, early bird ticket, doesn't really matter. If you get a VIP ticket, you can, you can come in person. It's three days in person. You get continental breakfast each day. There's a private session we're doing for all the in-person VIPs at night. And it's like, no cameras, no phones. It's called Ashley Unplugged. Like, we're going to have conversations that I can't have publicly. Yes. Hey, Latoya. I can't wait to welcome you. I bought my virtual ticket over the weekend. I'm excited. It's about to be life-changing, girl. Like, that's what we're going to do on the VIP side. But everyone who gets the early bird ticket, Latoya, you got this. Some of the other people who already got their tickets, you all will get this. We're going to have a pre-event prospecting party where I will literally show you how I find people to a pitch and I'm going to do a whole pitch campaign live for a virtual um, for a, a speaking contract and I am literally going to show you the tech that I use how I write the emails explain why I write the emails the way that I do all of that will be in there and we're going to deal with some mindset stuff too but it, it's it's just reach out to any of the hundreds of people who have come to my events I don't play okay I do not play it's gonna be off the chain best money ever spent best event you've been to it, it's just going to be incredible so get your ticket there because That's the environment you're want. you going to want to be in. We have a dreamer's den, a language lab. We're going to unearth some of those belief systems that have been holding you back, some of those limiting beliefs. And then we're going to talk strategy, nuts and bolts. How do you do this stuff? What do you need to implement? It will be life-changing and off the chain. So I'm just excited. I want to welcome you there. I cannot wait for you to be there. Share this video with anyone who needs encouragement. Hopefully... My story was encouraging to you. Do me a favor, drop your biggest takeaway from this live in the comments um, because I want to see what you all take away with. And then also drop your biggest takeaway and what you're going to do today to start making your dreams come true. It It sounds good, like, oh, make your dreams come true. No, no, no. You can make your dreams come true. And no, you do not have to already be a speaker. You can be starting from scratch. Totally fine. We have people who've done that. Started from scratch, came to the event, landed their first paid engagement, built their business using the workbook that you get and the welcome box that you get. So yeah, you could be starting from scratch. It's no requirement that you're already a speaker. And literally the exercise that I talked about, writing the vision, making it plain, I had a student in the academy do that exercise. She wrote a check for $100,000 like four or five weeks ago and posted in the group a couple weeks ago, she landed a $111,000 contract. And I tagged her in the post where she wrote the check to herself. And she was like, thank you so much for bringing this to my remembrance. I'm telling you, like the strategies that we teach, the level at which we deal with mindset is stuff that if you get it, when you get it, will change your life so go click secure your seat on the uh on the website there you'll put in your information and then after you do that you'll be able to go ahead and just like you putting, I know, I know, I know, I after you go ahead and do that you'll be able to go ahead and just get your ticket okay so it's gonna be good really good <laughs> really good so i'm excited to share it with you guys and i hope to see a lot of you there Hopefully this video was helpful to you. It was really put on my heart to do it. I literally changed the topic like 20 minutes before going live. So I know that it was meant for me to do this topic. Tag a entrepreneur, speaker, consultant, coach, thought leader, Someone who has big dreams may feel stuck or has big dreams and doesn't feel stuck and just wants to take it to the next level. I specialize in helping winners win more. You're already winning. You're already successful. You already have everything that you need. I'm helping you massage it, package it, bring it out to the world in a way that they can be prepared to buy it. So yeah, I will see you guys in November. And I am very, very, very excited for the week that you're going to have. It's going to be incredible. Let me know. <laughs> Let me know, like, the miracles that come out of this week because I, I know there's going to be some. All right, y'all. Share, tag, help help us spread this message to the masses. And I'll see you in November. All right. Wasn't that interview amazing? If you're anything like me, you have pages full of notes. But here's the thing. Before you head out, I want you to go to Facebook.com and Join the Speak Your Way to Cash Facebook group. That is where I am. That's where a ton of other speakers are, a ton of other people who listen to the show. All We all congregate there and chat. And it's 100% free. Now, if you're ready to take your speaking career to the next level, I have two ways for you to do that. One, you can go to ashleynicolekirkwood.com slash S-Y-W-T-C live replay and pick up the live replay. That training is seven modules chock full of information. It's crazy. Go over there. Read all about it. Or... If you want a more personal experience you're already you already know that you want to be a speaker you're ready to fully commit and you want someone to walk you through it and save you tons of time Googling and doing it on your own, then book a VIP day with me. You can go to Ashley Nicole scroll down until you see the VIP Day section and get more information on that there. All right. Thank you guys again for watching. Please do not forget to leave us a review. That is how we keep this train rolling and get some of the best speakers in the world to get on this show. So please, please, please leave a review. Shoot me a message on Facebook or Instagram and Facebook in the speaker Way to cash group, Instagram at at the Ashley Nicole show. And I'd be more than happy to chat with you and say hi. All right, y'all have an awesome, awesome day.